so critically acclaimed. Hello, hello, and welcome back to part two of the bold type for the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. Now, I just wanted to preface with even though this show is still currently on um, and you would think that it'd be fresh in my mind. It isn't that fresh in my mind, especially because it's not a show that I have binged. So I don't really talk about any of the issues in terms of like the type, the photo shoots that were done and the events that happen and any of like the digital campaigns because I couldn't remember exactly um, many of them on the show. So I don't really have opinions like here or there. So I'm mainly going to talk about like the relationships and the big issues that like I can remember about the show. So hopefully you'll still enjoy this episode. So for starters, we're going to obviously be starting it off with relationships. So first up, we have Jacqueline and Ian. So this one was so frustrating for me when they started fighting because you could definitely tell that it was impacting Jacqueline's behavior at work and the fact that, you know, they were switching to primarily digital and bringing in this new guy, like that was definitely not helping. Um, But she did have like the chance to meet up with that old college flame and kind of rediscover this part of herself that she had somewhat forgotten. So that's kind of a different thing that we got to see on the show because usually, you know, if it's a boss, they're usually not main characters. So I kind of like how Jacqueline is not just seen as the boss who's intimidating and, you know, knows everything and has everything. Like she has her own struggles and we got to see that side of her. So I really enjoyed that. Um, but I obviously want her and, J- and Ian to be together and like be strong and back together. We don't really know much about the relationship in terms of like how it has been for the last however many years they've been married. Um, but I guess I just prefer it because that's all we've ever really known. And like that's how the show started with them being happily married and Jacqueline being this amazing mentor to the girls. So it's like I just want to go back to that. Then we have Alex and Alicia. So this is a newer relationship, but I'm here for it. I love Alex, okay, guys? Like, I feel like he doesn't get enough good luck on this show. Like, obviously, he's not the main character or the target audience like the target audience of the show is young women but I still would love to see more of his character which he started to get with like the addition of his podcast um and that was very interesting for him when he was like getting all these questions because it was like a live streamed podcast where I guess he's on some live broadcast but also talking at the same more like I don't know exactly the details but I really enjoyed it I think the issues that Alex and Alicia have faced with the fact that, you know, she is a strong and successful doctor who can be somewhat intimidating is a valid point that's not talked about enough on shows. Like most of the time, the woman is the damsel kind of, and like the dating conventions and everything are so traditional. And again, the bold type is so special because it really pushes back on these. And we saw this when like, um, Alicia was paying for drinks and meals. And then also when Alex didn't stand up for Alicia in that club and then Andrew did instead and it was kind of like understanding the barriers where it's like if I do stand up for for himself then he's being like too aggressive but if he doesn't then he's not strong enough it's like this he can't win like it's a double-edged sword um but also just side note about that standing up and when Andrew went and stood up like love Andrew he's great and the whole drag performances I'm here for because you just totally didn't expect it it's everything Um, So I'm really excited to see where Alicia and Alex's relationship goes because I think it's a different type of relationship that we haven't seen on the show yet. 
Okay, then we have Kat and Adina. So this relationship is super important, obviously, because it has impacted and like really started Kat's like character development, um, especially with her opportunity to like explore her sexuality. I will say that I like the two of them, but it just never seems like their timing is right or that they're going to end up back together, even though it doesn't seem like there's anyone else major for Kat. Like, that could also just be what I'm used to, like, in these regular teen dramas and other dramas. So, like, usually, you know, the main character has smaller relationships and then one big one that, of course, has its ups and downs and it could be, like, an on-again and off-again relationship. But most of the time, everyone expects them to be endgame and then most of the time they are so that's the vibe i get with kat and adina and kind of the same with jane and ryan but we'll get more into that later but then again the bold type is very different from most of those other shows and it's trying to show the reality of life in your 20s and that means a lot of hit and misses for relationships so i could kind of see how it's struggling it's a struggle to see this show and watch it knowing that like you want these couples to be together but that's not necessarily what's going to happen because it's not a traditional show um but yeah so then with that being said we have the newer relationship of Kat and Eva so I'm definitely still getting used to this relationship um especially because it I mean literally only started in the last few episodes of season four and it's of course a very heated relationship considering their history with Eva's father RJ and their political disagreements and differences on social issues but I think the show is totally going to use that to their advantage on um like showing how to maintain a relationship with someone who doesn't necessarily agree with you on everything because that is a major struggle that young people have to face especially when like I mean the like keep calling them young people in their 20s but like I mean we know I think Sutton is said she's like 26 or 28 I don't know so they're kind of towards the end of their 20s so you think that they already kind of know who they are and where they stand on certain issues but it can definitely be difficult when at this point in your t- in your life, you're trying to figure out who you are as a person in terms of like whether it's like your religious belief, your like your um sexuality, your I don't know like um political views. Like literally, you're trying to figure all this stuff out for yourselves while also date another person. And if that other person has a completely different like stand on those issues than you do, it can be a big struggle to find a balance um and like what's worth the not the risk but like what's worth it in terms of like you know are you able to set that aside for the greater good of your relationship and all that so that'll be very interesting to see as that happens further on on the show then we have a throwback one so we're because I kind of just wanted to go into the major relationship slash that I remembered for each of the characters so we have Jane and Ben so if you don't remember Ben is the doctor so I low-key really liked this relationship um and like I said this was a friend a friendly reminder he was the doctor who Jane started dating right around the time that she had the breast cancer scare I think and so we know she was having trouble separating the two aspects of her life because He was someone who knew everything going on with her body and it was too much for her. And I totally understand that. And I think she did a good job. Like, I think the show did a good job showing the struggle Jane had with it. Um, Plus, it didn't help that she was still kind of hung up on Ryan. So then that takes us to Jane and Ryan. So here's the big one. Also, just a side note for anyone else who might be with me. But um this was very weird for me to watch because I recognize at least at first because I recognized Ryan from Good Witch 
where he obviously played like a very wholesome and innocent person because that show is like on the Hallmark channel and there's nothing bad in that show. So for them to like for him to then come on this show and start off with like being the pinstripe and having this reputation it was very different. Luckily, I think by the time the bull type started, his character was no longer on Good Witch. So it wasn't a problem for me to like have to see both characters at the same time because that would have been weird. Um, but back to Jane and Ryan's relationship. So this is extremely, extremely frustrating. So I liked how their quote unquote friendship started with work. And then they were just kind of intrigued with one another. But at the end of the day, Ryan was honest about who he was and Jane knew that she was different. And I think that's what it kind of comes down to. And we've seen that before where it works out. Example, spoiler alert for Gilmore Girls. So if you don't watch Gilmore Girls, you haven't seen it yet. Skip ahead a little bit. So Rory and Logan, even though they didn't, I guess, work out, that was, but that was for other reasons. They did work out more than Ryan and Jane, at least um, their relationship thus far, because Logan had the character development he needed to be with Rory. Like he obviously said that he couldn't be his bo- her boyfriend, and she w- knew that she was a monogamous person, and she's like, "No, I can do it. It's fine." And then she realized that she couldn't. She came to terms with it, and he realized that no, he doesn't want to lose this person. So then he tried to change. And were there complications? Of course there were. When there was issues, when he kind of blew up and had a big, they had a big fight, and. Rory didn't think that it was she's like it was a fight we didn't break up but Logan jumped to the conclusion that they did and also then when then like him cheating thinking it wasn't cheating Rory thinking it was like there were definitely their complications but at the end of the day Logan kept going and he kept developing and he is probably one of the most developed characters on that show and is why they should have been endgame but that's a whole different argument go listen to my Gilmore Girls episodes if you want to hear that um but with Ryan and Jane, Ryan didn't change. He just buried those parts of himself only for them to, of course, reappear and be way worse because Jane was caught off guard and she had let him in only to be hurt even more. And the fact that he cheated on her and lied about it at first, but then told her, but lied again, saying it was just a kiss when in fact they had slept together. I mean, the audacity. Like, here Jane is going through all that she has been with with her health, and he puts her through that ridiculousness. Like, he can't be man enough to be honest. It's unforgivable. And as much as I liked Jane and Ryan in the moment, I will not support them getting back together because I don't think he can come back from this. And I really want Jane to be strong enough to not fall back into it because I need her to move on and find someone who is going to be there for her in every way that that she needs. Okay, sorry. Wow, that was a lot. And then lastly, but certainly not least, my favorite ship on the show and probably everyone's because it's like the biggest is Sutton and Richard. So this one definitely falls more into the traditional tropes seen on TV. Um, So I don't know if maybe that's why I like it because, you know, the guy, I don't know, just their whole relationship is more traditional because, you know, he's kind of rich and she's this poor one. And you think it was the idea of like he's older and she's younger and having a mistress. But I don't I'll get into more of that later because like Richard is doesn't seem old to me. Overall, Sutton and Richard have been through way too many challenges in 
like in this show to not end up together like I will not stand by them not ending up together like I need them to end up together the fact that Richard was an executive at Safford while Sutton was an assistant and they got around that and then they got around that other woman who everyone thought Richard was gonna marry and Richard's father dying like I loved that scene when they were in Paris and Richard showed up first of all I loved that scene that Oliver and um uh, Sutton did together where he was like giving her advice because Loki I just love Oliver and I love his um relationship with his daughter and how Sutton and, and him have kind of become friends but I love that scene when Richard came and was like do you want me to take the picture it was everything um but the fact that they got around that and then they got around Sutton's divide in being an assistant or becoming a designer and then Richard having to go across the country for work like they've been through too much but but a big but at the same time having children is way bigger and in my opinion worth breaking up the relationship obviously obviously I am not a parent and I am not in any hugely committed relationship where I could like relate to the feelings that they're these two are having but I would not give up having children for being with the person you love because being a parent is just too important to me but again I am not in a big relationship like that where I know those emotions and you know would be have experienced what I would be giving up so obviously the decision is a lot easier from my perspective now you know not being in that situation um so I understand the struggle that's happening between Sutton and Richard right now and it absolutely sucks like Sutton having the miscarriage was heartbreaking and then their fight after the fact where Sutton said like oh maybe in like five years she would consider it or something but like that's not fair Like, Richard is getting older, even though this is where I bring it back. He is so attractive, and it doesn't feel like he's getting older to me. Like, I really don't see it. I find him so attractive, even though he's literally, like, 40. Um, But, I mean, that's a whole generation. I mean, look at all of those, like, Ian Somerhalder and all those other people that people, and Patrick Dempsey, I mean, all these people. Um, But Richard is getting older, and he doesn't want to have a child only to then not be able to be there for all the big milestones in that child's life. So all I can say is that their fight was devastating, and I have absolutely, absolutely no idea what's going to happen next season, if there is a next season, because just a reminder, season five has not been confirmed, and we know that there are a few episodes left in season four that they weren't able to air yet, which I'm going to get into a little bit later, but we need everyone. So tell your friends to watch the bold type so it can get renewed. But I, I don't, I don't feel like it's going to be canceled. Like I don't, I would imagine it's going to be renewed. Um, but with that being said, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen with them. I wish Sutton would become on board with the idea of having kids, but that never goes down well. Like when parents have children out of this feeling where it's a kind of a requirement because of their partner and where they assume, oh, when the child comes along, like I'll love it. But then they resent the child and like, what if God forbid, like Richard died or something? That would be awful because then Sutton would feel even more resentment because here she was like doing this. I mean, it's not like he was gonna die from childbirth like that'd be a different story if like we've seen that story flipped um in like when the woman's life is in danger because of the childbirth and all that but I don't know because then she'd be like but at the same time she could then love the child even more because it's all she has left of him and it's not like she the the child is responsible it'd be like I said another difference if it was the opposite um and the woman's life was endangered but then what if like Sutton does agree to have the child and then she has 
then she something goes wrong and like what if god forbid she dies then richard would hate himself he's like she would have still been there had it not been for him that would that would be a huge like turn on the show could you imagine i feel like they've done it on shows before but i don't know that'd be drastic i would not i feel like i wouldn't watch the show if that happened um but yeah that's just everything about all the relationships and i'm just so torn up i don't even know Okay, another thing I wanted to talk about was the realistic versus unrealistic elements of the show. So obviously, like I mentioned in part one, one of the main reasons I love the bold type is because of the insider look into the media industry and what it's like to work at a big magazine like Cosmopolitan. Um, And a lot of viewers have dreams of working at places similar to Scarlet or in other areas of the industry. And this show has kind of either like inspired them or shown them what to expect or at least what they think to expect. Um, but again as I mentioned in part one and which is the case for a lot of shows the bold type definitely makes the media industry look way more glamorous or at least like that it's glamorous all the time when in reality it's not um, glamorous 100% of the time so I do not of course have a job in the media industry yet but some things were pretty obvious to me in terms of being unrealistic but I figured I would do some reading to get some more factual comparisons so I went through and I found this article um, written back in 2018 by Anika Reed on USA Today and it includes some of the things that the show gets right and wrong about media industry jobs and I just thought I would share it with you guys because I feel like it might resonate with a lot of the Bold Types viewers. So for starters, um, one of the things that the show does get right, and again, this person obviously is a writer, so they work in the media industry. So everything they're saying is based on their own opinion and their experience. So I'm just relaying that information. So they said that stress about layoffs was really accurate on the show. And this probably goes along with jobs in general. But in the bold type, Jane Sutton and Kat all face fears of being laid off, specifically in the media media industry, as there are constant cutbacks, as we saw, especially like as we saw towards the end of season three, beginning of season four, with the move of like, you know, incorporating more digital magazines definitely is a real threat to journalists. So experiencing that um, stress is real. They totally said. Then wrong, which is so obvious to me and like so many other shows also are the outfits. So this is this is such a big one for me because it's probably the thing I love most about the show. So this specific genre of shows about young women working in the media slash marketing slash fashion world is so mesmerizing to me because I love clothes. I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was growing up. So that is my thing. But now having had internship experience in places like New York City, where you think everyone is going to dress super fashionable and put together is totally not accurate. And it's kind of disappointing. And I'm going to go into further details. So it's really frustrating because you see the outfits on Pinterest and in stores and stuff. But in reality, when you go to work, people don't dress like that, either because it's too much effort, it's too expensive, or your workplace environment just doesn't vibe with it. Like, it's just like no one else in the office is dressing up, so you don't feel the need to dress up. I mean, some women, of course, will because they're just like doing it for themselves and it makes them feel more productive and like better about themselves when they're working and a better attitude. I don't know. But bigger than that also is on these TV shows, 
majority of these cute outfits often include clothes that go against workplace dress code. For example, a lot of the girls' clothes are short or they show too much skin, like sometimes with crop tops or off-the-shoulder things. Like, that's a big no. You can't wear spaghetti straps even or, you know, show your shoulders or your collar. Not your collarbone. You can probably show your collarbone. No, but like you can't show your shoulders um, really. So that's like at least in the places I've worked. Also, um, but the worst thing for me is the jeans. Like, do you know how many cute outfits are like revolve around jeans? There are so, so many because that's the thing. If you want to wear like a black top or any cute black top, like you can't wear it. Like most people's work pants are black. I mean, sometimes they're gray and maybe white if it's like summertime, but that's really risky. And some people might be bolder and do like the bold colors or patterns. But again, that's more of the cute outfits and you're not going to really see that. But then you want to wear it and the perfect outfit goes along with blue jeans, but you can't wear jeans at work. Maybe on Fridays, like for casual Fridays, but otherwise like no. And then also these other colorful jeans, like maybe black jeans during the week, maybe. But I hate that because that's just so it bothers me so much, especially for an item like a blazer. So if you have like a black blazer and you want to wear it, but you don't want to wear it with black work pants because then it's going to look so much like you're wearing a suit. And if you're in a more creative job, like one of these in the media industry, then you're not going to, you don't wear suits to work. Like you're not a lawyer. You're not a businesswoman. Like it just doesn't fit the vibe of the workplace. Like I said, so it's just frustrating if you want to wear a black blazer and it's like, I need to wear blue jeans with this. But that's just my whole other tangent. So they said that, yeah, the outfits on the show are so inaccurate. Um, and I feel like it's primarily Jane, honestly, because Jane wears the most like skirts and dresses. I think she's, it's usually skirts for her. So that involves like the shortness and also then like the shoulders and stuff. I don't know all that. And like crop tops or anything I feel like it's mainly Jane because I think Sutton wears like the most pants and obviously now Kat is not working in uh, at Scarlet anymore so there's that Okay, then another thing they said they got right, though, was the pay. So this was another major one because most of the time journalists and assistants do not make that much money, but they have passion for their craft, and that's what drives them, and we totally see this on the show, especially with, like, Sutton giving up everything to start over in fashion and Kat when she doesn't let her fear of not having a good-paying job stop her from voicing her concerns about social issues, and now she's working at a bar t- as a bartender at that cool, club thing um or whatever it's called I forgot what it it's called but it's not a club it's like a group a private club or something like that but also with this a lot of times on shows these characters will then have expensive clothes and go all to all these glamorous places in New York City but like how do they afford that if they're journalists and their pay is not that great so I kind of like that the role type has crossed that bridge whether it was with seeing Jane and Sutton live together at the beginning in a space that doesn't even have two bedrooms or like Kat's parents supporting her or Sutton eventually moving in with Richard and then all the major events they go to are usually because of work so it's not like they're like it's not like Gossip Girl where they're just doing all these things and because they have all the money in the world 
And then another thing they got wrong, though, are job responsibilities. So I always saw this one primarily with Kat. But like for the whole show, she has been ahead of Jane and Sutton in terms of advancing her career, obviously, up until now. Like from very early on, she was head of social media or something. And we never see her working with her team. Like it's just her running an idea by Jacqueline and then posting and managing everything from her phone. But like in the real world, there are so many more people that sit on a social media team and have to go over all these digital campaigns and make pitches and all these things. Um, and then the last thing that they said got right was friendships and mentors. So this one is super obvious. Most of the time, your work friends become your real friends. Those people just can relate more directly to the stress you might have or frustrations you're dealing with. And we totally see this with all the talks they have in the fashion closet, which is probably my favorite part of their set. Um, and then as for the mentors, Jane and Kat have Jacqueline and then Sutton has Oliver. And it seems like these people really care about them. So it's good to know that this um, writer from USA Today is saying that that's true in the industry and there will be people who will take you under your wing. So yeah, that's it in terms of like the realistic versus unrealistic. And hopefully you got something out of it. You could relate to the frustrations. I don't know. Then we have season four cliffhangers, predictions for future, all that kind of stuff. So like I said before, Sutton and Richard, I really don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to leave that up to the show, but I'm eager to know. As for Kat and Eva kind of breaking it off, I'm expecting a big blowout fight between the two of them that hashes out like Kat's insecurities or something. Um, I just see that happening and her ending up crying which will relate to something later um and then as for jane wanting to go against jacqueline and publish that article about the woman who dated ian briefly and is covering up her male co-workers sexist behavior i think jane is gonna go forward with it because she is not one to let a story like that be swept under the rug like she is all about getting women's voices heard so i don't know if that's gonna mean like getting fired or having some big fight with jacqueline but that's what I think is going to happen. And that just makes sense for Jane's character. Um, plus, I remember reading an article where they said that obviously not all of the season four episodes were able to air because of the delayed production um, because of the pandemic. But I think Katie Stevens, who plays Jane, said there was a point in the episodes where all three women were crying at the same time. And it was a really strong and emotional scene. So I'm guessing that that's what's going to happen. I mean, we already saw Sutton crying because of the breakup with Richard. But I'm thinking that Kat is going to have some kind of big fight that addresses her insecurities with Eva and that's going to lead her to cry and then Jane is going to have some kind of altercation with um, Jacqueline and then all three of them are going to be crying. And then the only other thing that was um, kind of left unknown was the potential of something between Jane and the new writer Scott. But I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, I do think it's interesting, though, because the bold type for the millionth time, as I've said, is really smart and edgy in terms of talking about real life issues, especially like the Me Too related issues. So they're putting themselves in an interesting position to now approach it from the opposite situation with Jane being the superior and Scott being her subordinate. So we shall see what's going to happen. I think it's going to be very interesting. And again, this show just does a great job with addressing real life issues and, um, you know, not being afraid to face them. 
And then lastly, we have to talk about some fun facts. So all of these were mentioned in my um, TikTok video, so I apologize if I'm repeating them, but here we go. So even though Scarlet Magazine is a fictional publication, the bold type um, props department actually produced 20 copies of their own version of a Scarlet Magazine to then use as props on the show. Specifically at the very beginning of the bold type when Sutton has um, to like pitch for this assistant job, which she obviously gets, she makes a mood board to show her ideas for Scarlet. And then this was obviously not made by um, her, but rather the bold type props department put the mood board together. And you can see the produced magazine covers on that bulletin board. And they really went into such detail finding all the pieces that made up the mood board. So it's like really cool. So you should look up the pictures of that to refresh your memory. Also, as we all know, the bold type does a really great job, a millionth time I've said this, shedding light on real life problems, but sometimes it's actually a little too eerie. And so one example of this um, happened with Katie Stevens, who plays Jane. So Katie had her own breast cancer scare right around the time when Jane finds a lump in her breast on the show and has the like her whole experience begin. So thankfully, um, Katie's lump was benign, but I think like her experiencing it very close to like when she was reading the script and filming it definitely I in a way helped I guess her um really capture the emotions that her character was supposed to be feeling at the time and then similarly of the show reflecting something happening in reality but in a better way Melora Hardin who plays Jacqueline and Gildart Jackson who plays Ian are obviously married in the show, but they're also married in real life and they have been for more than 20 years and they have two daughters together. So I just love when that happens because that's just so wholesome. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say about the bold type. Hopefully um, it will come back for season five and we can talk more about the show as it progresses later on. So be sure to tell your friends to watch it if they haven't. Again, it's really just a great show for women in their 20s wanting to see relatable experiences. Um, I mean, I'm 22 years old and even though I don't have a job yet and aren't like, you know, living with my friends in a big city and exploring all that, I've at least experienced some of it from last summer when I interned in New York City and I'm eager to then, you know, everything have everything I've learned from the bold type kind of help me in the future or whatever. But that's that. So thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe my podcast on Apple Podcasts if you listen. And please leave a pod, um, please leave a feedback or like a review because I would love to get um, some like suggestions or anything. I'm also always open to DMs on Instagram or TikTok. And if you're not already following me, please follow me at Not So Critically Acclaimed on both Instagram and TikTok. We have new episodes of the podcast every Monday and Wednesday, and we are getting closer and closer to the holiday season. So look forward to my um, episodes about the holiday movies. I'll probably end up doing a few weeks of them just because there are way too many movies to capture in one week's worth of an episode. Um, So yeah, stay tuned for that. And otherwise, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.